Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne idée de You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Good evening, Wednesday, October 19, just a couple of minutes past 10 p.m. Eastern. Here I am in my basement in beautiful Ville La Salle, about 20 minutes from downtown Montreal. I'm not so sure where the head coach of the Arizona of the Arizona Coyotes is right now. I would imagine. He's at the hotel in downtown Montreal, but I think he got into Montreal a little early. They were in Toronto on Monday night. I'm going to get to him in just a minute. It is the Sick Podcast, and we are live right now on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. We're live on Facebook. Subscribe to all our channels. If you're there watching, it's because you already have. Uh, but you know what? Tell your friends about it, right? You know, that when you when you go to a nice store and uh, you really like the store, you tell your friends about the store. Hey, you got to go to the store. They have everything. Uh, when uh, you go to a restaurant and you really like what's on the menu and you really like the way that they cook it, you say to your friends, hey, go to the restaurant. It's really, really good. Hopefully, you can do the same thing with the podcast. If you enjoy it, if you think it's sick, message me right now on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, messaging sick. It's my way of feeling the love. And uh, leave us a five-star review if you get to listen to us on Spotify or Google or Apple or any of those social media apps. The show is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. It's an assets-based 3PL provider offering outstanding service at incredible rates serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support. I love those guys, Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard. And what I love about them 
is every time I'm around them, I can feel the energy, and they can feel it with me too, and hopefully you can as well right here on the Sick Podcast. Speaking of energy, one guy who has a lot of it, I always love talking hockey with him. He is the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. Without further ado, Andre Tourigny. Comment ça va, coach? Ça va très bien, toi, Tony? Ça va très, très bien, merci. This is a bilingual podcast, by the way. <laughs> I, I, this was, um, I talked to JC about it. I was mentioning it on the program, I think yesterday or the night before, about 10 or 12 years ago. I said to him, I said, JC, one day we're going to do a bilingual show together. It's going to be franglais. You talk to me in <laughs> French, I'll speak to you in English. Sometimes I'll speak in French, you speak in English. But because of CRTC rules, you can't do that on radio or television. Who knows? Maybe he and I will do a franglais podcast together one day. But I want this podcast to be inclusive. So when people message me and they say, you know what, I'm more comfortable in French, I tell them, give me a call and we'll speak French. I have no problem translating. I want to bring everyone together. And that's one of the things we're trying to accomplish with the podcast. Thanks so much for doing this on the eve of a game tomorrow night. I know that you probably have other things to do. One of them is prepare. Another one is talk to family and friends. Another one is maybe get to bed early. I so appreciate you taking the time for me. Thank you. Merci. My, my pleasure, Tony. It's always, always fun to talk hockey with you. And I will be uh, just before my bedtime. So we're good to go. I know you told my buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie the other night that you were making your way to the chalet, if memory serves me well. Where is the chalet? How much of your family have you had a chance to see and spend time with, probably have a meal with earlier tonight? And where are you right now? I'm uh, I'm back in my in my hotel room. I'm in the in the hotel the Ritz in the, in Montreal and uh, we uh, I had a t- uh, the opportunity to have dinner with my both my sister and my parents and my uh, my uh, aunt as well and uh, one of my son here in Montreal and uh, yesterday uh, I as well had the chance to go to the cottage and see my my uh, parents and uh, my sister as well. So I I I saw everybody. Now we're ready to rock. Where's the cottage? It's uh, South Shore Trois-Rivières. It's in a little place called Precious. That that's uh, that that words a lot of a uh, lot of point at the Scrabble, Tony. That's it. for the people who know that. It's really really small. It's uh, we have a sugar shack there and. Uh, a uh, really nice spot. So is that Trois-Rivières you just said? Is that where it is? Yeah, it's what so yes, on the south shore of Trois-Rivières. So okay, uh, I'm 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 going to make my way to the Colisée Vidéotron in Trois-Rivières on Friday uh, because, of course, Les Lyons have a game and the Jean-Charles yeah. show, JC on TV Aspar, will be broadcasting live from the Colisée. So I'm going to make my way oh, down nice. there. And uh, who knows? I might just see the chalet if I pull a little detour. All right. Exactly. One of my my good friends is Marc Andre Bergeron. Yeah. Is that right? One, eh? one of my four, four former player, and he's he's a really good man. Coming off a four two win in Toronto on Monday night, and the Canadians coming off a three two win versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, didn't you guys both get the memo that you're in a rebuild? You're not supposed to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, maybe not winning as much as other team, but we we still we still win the, win our share of game, and you know there's uh, I think they're both, both team we have a lot of pride, and uh, our team's been really competitive for the last uh, last two years, even if uh, we're not as uh, fortunate as other team maybe in terms of 
uh, depth and uh, uh, talent, but uh, that doesn't take away the, all the pride of our athletes and all the, the pride of our player. And we compete really hard and we had a, our share of success. And if you're not ready against us, uh, we, we like to believe we, we have the, the determination to, uh, to, to make you look, look, look bad. So, uh, you know, the, I said that this week uh, somewhere else, but you know, when, when, when you're in the NHL, it's because you're capable of helping your team to win games. If you cannot help your team to win, you cannot play in HL. So it can be a guy who will play seven minutes a night, but he's really good on face-off and will win big draws or will be a good penalty killer or a power play specialist. Or you can be a guy who will play 20 minutes and will play in every situation. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to help your team to win. If you cannot help your team to win, you cannot play in that league. That's, that's, it's too good of a league. There's millions of players who are not in that league who would love to be in that league. So uh, they, 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 there's all the players who are in that league is because they steal the job of someone else. And there's someone else right now who's trying to steal, the, steal your job. So you, you need to be competitive. So we, uh, we have players who, are, uh, who can help us to win and can help any team in the NHL to win. And we, uh, we're determined every night to try to, to do so. Yeah, Coach, listen, I, I think you just said it. There's no doubt that any coach in the National Hockey League, any coach at any level wants to win every game they coach, and every athlete wants to win every game they participate in. Having said that, when the message from above is that it's going to be a rebuild, what happens organically is the team is stripped of some of its better players, the way you've yeah. had to trade away players in the past, and the way yeah. you will continue to trade away a couple of players maybe for the next year or two. My question to you is, even though you want to win every game, how tough is it for a coach who always wants to win uh, when the message from upstairs is that it's a rebuild and you know that your team is a little short of talent compared to other teams? I mean, how, you know, how tough is that? And, and, and do you, knowing that the message is a rebuild, and even though you want to win, do sometimes you play players in situations that are tougher so that they gain experience, even though you know it might lose you the game? No, you cannot do that. Okay. You cannot do You cannot do that. I'll tell you why, Tony. Tell me. Because there's 19 guys in that room who will lose respect. They won't mm -hmm. respect you anymore. Because those guys, they did not fight for six months, for two years. They fight all their life to be in the NHL and to be able to help a team to win. And if you put a guy on the ice when the 1900 guys know he should not be on the ice and you do it, they will say, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He, he, they will lose respect. Yeah. You cannot do that. The people sometimes say, oh, oh, play the young guys, play him 14 minutes. Play. Well, you, you just cannot do that. The, the, the player will not allow it. They, it's the best league in the world. It's not. It's not a PlayStation season. That's not the way it is. It's you need you need to respect your athletes. We showed up at the ring every day, uh -huh. practice game to be better and to be competitive. We know what's the big picture, and we know. Example: Take take Arizona. We have young player. We have Gigi uh -huh. Mosher. We have Michelli. We have Gunter. Those guys are a priority to develop them, but it's not different in Tampa Bay. They have young player in Tampa Bay and. They want those guys to get better because they need those guys to get better if they want to win. It's mm -hmm. the same thing for us. And the, the difference is in, t in the championship team, 
giving 12 minutes of ice time and a Dylan Gunter is probably really tough because yeah. they have other guys. For the reason I explained to you before, they have guys who do a better job at. So, so if you don't put the guys who are better at, mm-hmm. the other guys look at you and say, hey, hello, we're working hard here. Look. We're trying to win. We're, yeah. we're blocking shots. We're taking hit. We're bleeding and we're sweating. And you just try to screw us. You cannot do that. So you here with our team, we, we have better opportunity for those guys. But still, they have to earn it. If they don't, you just cannot do it. Because you. what what will happen to translate is your veteran will stop working. Got it. It will stop working because they will say, okay, that's here. It's not serious. It's a joke. So then from there, you say, okay, the young guys need good veteran, good example. They need good pro to surround them to show them the way. Yeah, but. Those guys are spoiled because you don't do the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, they won't. So if you, they want to be coached, you do the right thing. You put the right guy in the ice. You compete to win every night. And those guys will give a really good example that you're a young player. And because your roster is, might not be as strong as the Toronto or Colorado or those mm-hmm. teams, your young player will have more opportunity. And if they cannot earn their opportunity in your team, but they're just not be they're not ready for NHL. They need what to go a, learn somewhere else. That's it. A, they need to go learn in this the the the, yeah. the, 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 the lower league. That's it. Yeah. What a fantastic perspective you just gave us, Coach. I think that was wonderful stuff. I know uh, a lot of our listeners and viewers are finding what you just said very, very enriching. So thank you very much for that. It's a sick podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer Intense. Like Coach Tourigny by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. They call him the bear, a beer for the bear. Maybe not now, but maybe (laughs) after tomorrow night's game, if you come out with a win. I want to talk to you about Clayton Keller. Two seasons ago, 35 points. In 56 games last year, 63 points in 67 games before he went down. I believe was broke with a broken leg. But what a season he had. What did you do to get him going? Trust him. I think that's the first thing I have in mind uh, without thinking too much of your, your question. You know, Kels last year had the slow start. I think he had four points in 14 games or something like that. But you could see it was there. And I talk a lot with him. And is it is it kind of a kid who needed to know I had his back and I will trust him. And as long as the effort was there, he always played and played in a big role. And at some point it started to come and he gained confidence. And he had scar from the past uh, in terms of confidence. And we, we we tried to heal those things and he, he gained confidence in himself and, and he became a, a fantastic player. Because if you look at the number I told you, I think it's four Four points in, in 14 games or six wow. points in 14 games, something like that. And then he took off. Was, wow. He, he was one of the best players in the league. Uh, he he was, was amazing. Dominant. He was amazing. So I think Kels, one thing you need to know about him is super competitive. He, kind of a extremely competitive at, at the point where at some point he'd get under his skin and he, he can lose his composure and all of it. So yeah, he had that in him. It was just a matter for him to add have the opportunity and and having kind of a um, a staff who believe in him and they give him all the trust. Speaking of competitive, Jacob Tricker and what a defenseman yeah. he is. Uh, I yeah. love him on the power play. He's a real big presence. This guy can block shots. Unfortunately, he's been snake bitten. I think he's had every yeah. single injury that you can have. <laughs> Speaking of which, how close is he to coming back, Coach? He's close now. Uh, we're talking um, days, but maybe. 
seven to ten or something like that. Like we're okay. we're getting there. Like he, he won't he won't play this week, but it's coming. Like he, he will join the team tomorrow in Montreal, and we'll it will start to practice with us from there. And uh, now we're talking days. I want to go back to the uh, the draft in Montreal if we can. It was back in early July this past summer, and the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, had the number three pick, and they drafted Logan Cooley. Uh, my question to you is very simple. How much input did you have, knowing some junior players coming from junior hockey and in Ottawa, uh, how much input did you have in the draft and the selection of the player? None. Zero. Really? That's, oh, yeah. In, in, the, seriously, Tony, I will tell you uh, right away today, there is no coach in the NHL who has one person to say on the draft. But, then, and, but and it, if I can't coach, there's a difference, though. You yeah. probably weren't asked about Logan Cooley, but you no. probably were asked about Shane Wright. Not even? Yeah. Yes, yes. I had, I was, a, let's say, a database. They had, because I knew, I knew Logan Cooley as well, because when I was in the OHL, he was on our territory, and I recruited him, and I scouted him. So I knew him since he was 15 years old. So is uh, plenty of fire. Um, all the American were the, the good American last year were in the OHL territory. So I knew all those guys. I knew the, the Shane Wright. I knew some guys who play in the West because they were part of Hockey Canada program. So, yes, I had that input in the sense of, like I said, it's a database. What do you think of Shane Wright? What kind of kid he is? Um, what, how competitive he is? Is he a student of the game? What I knew about him. Okay, yeah, I had to say that. Same thing, Cooley, how competitive he is and stuff like that. I saw uh, Slavlowski at the World Championship. I coach against him. Uh, um, same thing for uh, uh, the guys in New Jersey, like Nimesh. All those guys. Okay, I had – they asked me, but I was not even in the meeting, in the scouting meeting. So what they did with the information, I cannot tell you. And, I hear you. And that's the way it should be, Tony. That's the way it should be. You know why? Because when – we played Toronto last game. After the game, I watched the game again. I saw it live. I watched the game. Then I from there, I knew what I wanted to pick from that game. So I review, example, six phase of our system. All the clip. That's about all the game again. And then I pick about 40, 50 clips. And then I review those clips and I cut them and I put them in order. And then after, I present it to the player. So the game... What happened in Toronto? I saw that game three, four times by the time I move on to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the scout went at the game and watched the game once and he come at the game after and he start to tell me what I should do, how do you think I will take that information? With a grain of salt. Listen, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. I will say you thanks. Know. Thanks for your time, Johnny. But you know what? Since you saw that game, I saw that game four times, and I see those players every day. I talk to them every day, and I know what kind of decision each of our players, and it's like that for 82 games. So at the end of the season, when one of our scouts saw us play three times, and he arrived with an opinion, I respect his opinion, and I'm happy to give his opinion because that can bring me perspective. But do you, re- do you really think I will take a decision on who to put on the ice because our scouts say this? No, no, and I, I think I know, I, I, I know I what I, I saw. I think I understand what you're saying, and in turn, if you see a junior player five or six times, and your scout has a chance to see him thirty times, talk to thirty coaches, exactly. get input, get data, break everything down, go through. You know, exactly. it, you'd be hard pressed to tell that scout about that player. Yeah, I get and it. now I will say to that scout, 
I know Shane Wright, you should draft him. He, he should look at me and say, go yourself. You know, I know yeah. what I, I, I saw Shane Wright 30 times. I saw him on the back-to-back. I saw him when he was fresh. I saw him when he was sick. I saw him when he was competitive. I saw him when he wasn't. I saw him against the best team in the league. I saw him against the worst team in the league. I saw him at the international level. I talked to his coach, to his teacher, to his billet. I talked to 10 coach who coach him. And you coach, you coach him for one tournament, and you think you know him better than me. He, 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 should, he should tell me at that moment, okay, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, Bear. You're, you're good. Take, yeah. take care of the bad check, and, be, and we'll be good. Having you said know, that, so. I want to bring up a story that happened in the summer of 2020 because I remember it like it was yesterday. The Montreal Canadiens drafted Caden Gooley, 16th overall. Uh, center Hendricks LaPierre, if you recall, slipped to 22nd, then he went to Washington. Trevor Timmons, who was back then the director of amateur scouting for the Montreal Canadiens. Andre, I don't have to tell you. He got absolutely obliterated by certain members of the media and a certain sector of the fan base. You know how this market can be when you pass on a good Shinu. And I can understand that as well, but Trevor was so high on Caden Gooley. And uh, I think I could say it now, and I think you'd be okay with it. Uh, I picked up the phone the next day and I called you. And I said, Coach, Caden Gooley, what can you tell me? And you said, I remember the first four words, you, the four words you said to me. You said, Tony, I love him. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Uh, two years later, I can tell you that Montreal Canadiens fans are really loving him after four games. And everyone's starting to wonder, is this how good he really is? Because cool. last game versus the Penguins, he was not the best defenseman on the Canadians. He was the best player on the ice. Period. He's, Coach, how was life? Tell me some stories life, about him. Yeah, I was live in radio in Montreal when the Canadians were actually making the pick. And the guy asked me, who should they take? I said, there's no doubt they have to take Caden Gooley. And you know how it is. When you make those kind of statements, imagine if they will have taken Henrik Lapierre or whatever, who mm-hmm. else people were. But it was clean cut for me, Caden Gooley. And I said that after, if Gooley was not there, wasn't not on the board anymore. Okay, now, now it's a different discussion. For me, Gooley was in another class. He was in a group by itself. So for me, there was no debate. There's no question there. They have to go with Gooley. If Gooley will have not be there, okay, now Gachinu, like you said, or whatever. Okay, that, yeah. not, now we can talk. But for me, our... I thought the team before will have taken him, and then I was saying, okay, here we go now. Is it LaPierre? Is it Maverick Bork? I, I'm a huge fan of Maverick Bork. I was kind of, ah, maybe it's Borky. Well, I don't know. But when I saw Gooley was there, I was kind of. Yeah. In in, in the end, Caden Gooley will be Caden Gooley. But you know the way we yeah. are in the media, right? On aime jouer le jeu de la comparaison, right? We love comparing. Yep. Yep. If you can, put yourself out there. When you see Gooley, does he remind you of one defenseman in particular? If so, who? It's 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 really tough. But, uh, you know, Gooley is a guy who will play a ton of minutes in his career. You know, he has, he has uh, the skating ability, the read, the hockey sense. The, the play with the puck is not a guy who will make a play through three guys. But he will make the right decision all the time. And he's not the most skilled guy. But uh, I have tough time to find a guy who I can say, 
goalies like that because you need to find someone who can punish the the opponent as well. Goals can you better so, not be head so, down. He, he's so, coming. So. so let me rephrase. Uh, without saying he's a Victor Hedman or a Chris Pronger or a Mort Sider, can he be almost as important to a team as those guys were important to their team? Can I mean, yeah. in, in yeah. opinion, he's a first pairing defenseman. Yeah, okay, do hundred percent. There's no doubt. I said, I said that then, where I've been, I receive a little bit of a grief. Said he will be the player with the most ice time in the next fifteen years in Montreal. And I don't know if he will be in Montreal fifteen years. That's that's the so. NHL today. Yeah, but that's the NHL today. You know, you. I'm not. But my point is, goals was, and and that's what before I was. I was not in the NHL yet, and I, mm-hmm. the way I see him plays. He's the kind of guy you can rely on, and and as a coach, we all we all the same. The coach, we all have the same sickness. When the heat is on, we're going back at the guys we trust, the guys we're comf- comfortable with, the guys we know what he will give us. So goals will, all, will always be the first guy you will put your hands on his back and say, hey, "Go on," and now you will figure it out who's going with you. Yeah, it, it just is. It's normal. It's, it's the way yeah. it is now. The heat is on. The, the house is on fire. You need you need to put the guys you know they will get it done, and you know how they will get it done. He's 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 one of those guys. So, um, yeah, I like Gould. He's yeah. not he's not a headman. It, it's it, it's not that kind of defenseman. He's not uh, that that smooth. He's just more rugged style. Is is the he's a Really tough style to to find in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Find a defenseman mm-hmm. who can play that many minutes, skate that well, read the play that well, and punish the opponent. That's pretty good. The sick podcast brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Coach, one or two more, if you don't mind. I won't keep you much longer. I know we're going a little over time here. I appreciate it. You brought up Slavkovsky's name before, and. You know, he's played pretty much all the lines. They're moving him around. Marty St. Louis not giving him any power play time yet. No time on the penalty kill yet. You know, they gave him a little bit more minutes. Now the past couple of games, he's been at just over 10 and just under 10. I know everyone's different, but I want to ask you, you personally, if I take an 18-year-old and I put him in your hands on your team and your team is going through a rebuild, and that player is projecting to be a top two-line winger who could probably score 30 goals and maybe pick up 70 points and be dominant. And he's not ready for the NHL yet, but you bring him in slowly but surely and you're giving him 10. Would you personally want him to play 10 at the big league on a fourth line or go to the American Hockey League and play on one of the top two lines and double those minutes? What would you prefer? I... In both case, he needs to earn it. I will not send him in the AHL, play 20 minutes and play power play and play PK if he is not the best player to do that in the AHL. It's just the wrong message. In life, you don't get anything free. Forget about hockey. In life, that's he's 18 years old. Your kid at 18 years old, is he a finished product? And, okay, he doesn't need education anymore. He's perfect. He's good to go in life. And he will not never call mom and dad back. No. no. He, there's a lot of work still time. to be done. Yeah, 100%. Well, st- 
you need to to give him the right value. Listen, Johnny, if you're our best player, don't worry. You will uh, you will die on the ice. You will play a ton of minutes. If you're not our best player, we're not in July anymore. We're not draft day anymore. Draft day is over, Johnny. You need to get over it. And if you're our best player, you will play. And if you're not, you won't. That's That will be like that for a long, long time. And people say, ah, okay, Gatchenyak play a ton at 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. So what? That that made him the best player he he ever been. No, that, we don't know what will happen in the future. It, it One hurt thing him. We know. It hurt him because he skipped steps. Well, it hurt him. That's you, what say, I think. you said it. Yeah, that's, that's and, what I and think. I, I I love Galley. Galley's a really good guy. I love Galley, but it's tough to take one guy. But my point is. They are educating this young man, and I don't know what's going on in Montreal. I, I don't follow I the game. That. I don't. I don't know if you play well or not. I, I cannot judge that. But I'm uh-huh. just saying, if they use him at the level of his performance, good for them. Congratulations. Okay. That's but exactly you, what you have to do. You just said something before to me when you said we want to win every game. The coaches want to win every game. The players want to win every game. I owe it to the players so that I make the right decision so that we try and win every game. Knowing that we also have to take in mind what's best for each individual player, especially a player who's drafted in the first round, first, second, or third. So what's important is we think about him first. My question to you is, can you – try to win but keep a player with the nhl team and help develop him or is better development done at the american hockey league which is known as a development league or is it case by case yeah it's case by case but i I, you're making a really fair point but i really think it's case by case because uh our confidence uh our confidence is the player is his personality and all of it one thing i'm a huge believer in life not just Mm -hmm. Uh, with my team in life, it's self-confidence. You cannot lose the self-confidence of your player. You cannot put a doubt on his head. So it, you're better to play the lower level and work on your self-confidence and make sure you build yourself and you believe in yourself and you trust yourself. And yeah. you, Because NHL, there's no prisoner. If you make a mistake, if, if we make a mistake in, tomorrow and that goes on the tape of Cole Caulfield, we know what will happen. That's a, that will be in top shell bar down then. If you made that mistake, you can say whatever you want. You can go as a coach. Hey, don't worry. Get that stuff happen. No, no. There's yeah. 20,000 20, people who are chanting and the, the music is loud and the media is talking about it. Coach, you can tell me, don't, don't worry about it. I have, I have a lot of pride and I know what just happened. So now you feel how as a person, there's some kid that 18 years old who yeah. you can get over with. There's no problem. There's other kid who for them, it's really tough. And then now they will hesitate that they will, they will play to not make mistake. Playing to not make mistake. is not development. You cannot develop in that way. So you need to be confident enough to make play, to try to make play, to, to, to make mistake, to learn from it, to repeat it in the right way, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So if you can do it at the NHL level, perfect. I know all I, those things though. Yeah, I love what they announced today, by the way. I don't know if you heard it, but they announced that he's going to be living with a billet family, which I think is really yeah. good. They'll be insulating him and they'll, you know, he'll be able to live a normal life. Coach, every team will go through a road trip. It all depends yeah. at, at which 
which stage of the season it's going to happen. In your case, the first six are on the road. Do you actually prefer that because the team, the guys will be able to bond and come together? Or is it worrisome for a coach? Oh, man, we start the season with six on the road. Which one are you actually thinking? Better or not? Uh, I, I, for this year, I like it. Uh, and And to be honest, there's always a trap. If you start really bad on the road it's tough to recover you know you you play you play you don't have the last change and all of it so that can play against you but at the mm-hmm. same time you it's a state it's a it's a time of the year where you're not exhausted you're not you're far fresh you're excited you're yeah. motivated you're focused everything is good you, well we'll get at a stage at some point where we're exhausted where we're tired the season and I'm not talking about 60 games. It will happen November at some point during November, month of November. We'll we'll fill the first wave of tired, and uh, we'll we'll have a little slump there. Every team will be like that. If then you go on the road for sixth game, oh boy, okay, that's the, I will fear more that trip than I will fear the start of season at six. But at the end of the day, we play 41 game on the road, all of us. Yeah. So you you need to get going at some point. My last one for tonight, last time you visited Montreal, March 15th, Coyotes 6, Canadians 3. You had a nice smile on your face after the game. I love that game because I saw open ice. I saw plays. I saw action. I saw goals. I saw wide open. I saw talent. I saw skill. I saw entertainment. I loved it. Can you promise me that we're going to see another entertaining game tomorrow night at the Bell Centre? And what I can tell you is I will enjoy a good hot dog at the Bell Center. That I can promise you that. That's Shea the only show. thing I can promise. Hey. Remember back at the forum, hot dog, <laughs> Shea Show. The best Come. in the league. The best in the league by yeah. far. Not even close. Uh, but I think uh, we know how Montreal play, and we'll play with a lot of intensity. I think it will have a lot of pace in the game. Obviously, I think Montreal has elite talent player up front. Uh, their top guys are pretty good, so we'll try to – to keep them uh, as uh, less entertaining as possible for them. But uh, uh, I know they're pretty good. They will find a way to yeah. to break out at some point. The Montreal Four, remember that? Hot dog, shake, show, Coke, soft yep. drinks, Coke, <laughs> popcorn, <laughs> May souffle. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Were you working there? <laughs> uh, I, used to, I used to go uh, standing room only. I used to go to a lot of games, Coach. Oh, coach, uh, I don't know if there's a more cooperative, more likable coach when it comes to relationships with the media than Andre Tourigny. Uh, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find one. Thank you so much for doing this on the eve of your game. You know how much I appreciate it. Merci beaucoup, coach. Thank you again. Merci, Tony. All right, there you have it. Coach Andre Tourigny, I love this guy. They call him the bear. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, getting the perspective from an NHL coach uh, with all, you know, it's different than getting the perspective from, you know, a guy who's nobody like me. Uh, that's why he's in the big leagues, and that's why I am not. Uh, the Sick Podcast, a shout-out to sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items. Shop all your sports-licensed lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and T-shirts of your favorite teams and all major leagues, as well as our Sick merchandise. You know my my saying, I got it translated en français to nice shirt, huh? Hope you can feel the energy on the program. Hey, Agnello. Sammy, I want to go to you for a second. What's going on, Tony? You like that one? That guy was amazing, man. 
Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. We have our uh, our next guest lined up or what? He's been waiting for you. He's there. All right, let's go to him. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Without further ado, the guy his friends and colleagues call Mapper from Tivia Spar, Marc-André Perrault. Look at the hat. Beautiful. What's going on, my man? How are you, my friend? I, listen, I'm a little bit jealous because you've been paying Jean-Charles Lajoie many compliments in the past couple of weeks and... You know, I'm trying to get him on my side, and I have a feeling that he likes you more than he likes me, you know? Yeah, you're the jealous type of guy. It's, uh, I am. You don't have yes, to. I am. You, you don't have to. You have, you, you have your place in my heart. Uh, all right, all right. Thank you very <laughs> much for that. This is your second time on the Sick Podcast. Second yeah, it's what pretty, will be... I mean, it's tough to be after the Bears. He's the best. Uh, second of, of what uh, will be many, because you're going to be a regular contributor on the Sick Podcast. You're going to join us pretty much every Wednesday. The yeah. Canadians only have six Wednesday night games. They believe they already played one, so they'll have five left. And, uh, you know, we'll slot you in at some other point. But, all right, uh, is there anything that Andre Torini said that really caught your attention? What a, what a great conversation that was, eh? I mean, it, it, just so people know he's, I mean, you said it, he's the greatest with the media. He's oh. a great person. And he is such a great teacher. And the word is that Arizona, they love him. I mean, they love him more than we can think. He's, I mean, he's going to be the one, the best one to bring this team to the next level. And yeah, they're, they're in business. Now, the funny thing is, I know you're a fan of tanking and it makes me laugh every time. It does not happen in the, NHL it does not happen no 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 it 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 happens organically if a general yeah. manager parts ways with some of the better elements then the tank happens organically yeah. does a coach or a player attempt to tank no way jamais de la vie it doesn't happen it happened i think with the owner of the uh, dolphins a couple of years ago there but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, well, you know? it's impossible because c- can you imagine not putting uh, Caulfield, Suzuki, Gooley, Harris, or all these guys, it, not in the best environment possible. And, you know, yeah, making them and, think and, that they have to lose, it's not going to work. And, and a player obviously is not going to miss an open net if he has one. He's going to try and score goals because <laughs> more goals you score, more money you end up getting paid. Hey, it there was a go. game where we found out that Uri Slavkowski will be living with a billet family. And I applaud yeah. the news because I remember that. Brendan Gallagher did, and Carey yeah. Price did not. And Price, <laughs> at one point, admitted, remember this when he said something to the effect of, my dad always told me, your sins will sort you out. And so uh, Carey grew up in Montreal, young, a young star, and, uh, you know, how about the the Kostitsins? I mean, they they there was uh, geez, they 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 took the wrong path, unfortunately. Oh, Brendan Gallagher did not, right? Josh Georges yeah. took him, put him under his wing, and yeah. we never heard anything negative about Gallagher off the ice at all, ever. Well, it, it's like Pierre Luc Dubois staying at uh, Savant's place in uh, in Columbus. You remember Giroux stayed at Briere uh, in Philly. Crosby with uh, Mario? The, yeah, exactly. The funny thing is that... Marc-André with Jean-Charles? Stop it. <laughs> I'll move at your place. He's got, he's, got <laughs> but, a, a, he's got a nice guest bedroom there in Shefford. I'll oh, tell does you, he? Uh, oh, well, yeah. You You've know more than been? me, that's for sure. But No, no. Not, no. Oh, I went, I went to visit in the summer. Oof, he's got oh, a... Did you? 
Oh yeah, no, no. He's he's got you quite see? the place. Good for him. I was not invited. But yeah. the funny thing is that Slavkovsky at age fourteen or fifteen, he left home to play in Finland and he was staying by himself. And now eighteen years of age, he's uh he's gonna stay with the Billet family. And I, I think it's the best because you know, everything, the pressure and all the expectations about him. I I think it's you know, just doesn't have to think about anything. Uh, home cooking and all that stuff. And uh, I don't know if you knew, but uh, Jackai and Harris, they yes. are moving together as well. Well, in uh, Montreal downtown. So, yeah. Okay. Kids are uh, getting to new places. I don't want to freak you out now. Okay. Oh, please. Don't. No, 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 no. Don't panic. You have AirPods that are being charged right now. And I just saw a mouse crawl up next to them. Oh, did you? <laughs> They're on your. I just saw a mouse crawl up next to your AirPods. Do you have a mouse I, problem in the house? Uh, no, I do not. But I guess yes. Now, yeah, no, I was. <laughs> I'll kidding. survive. I was oh, joking. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I have a mouse problem, but I haven't seen him in about a what week. Do you? Uh, okay. <laughs> JC and I earlier tonight we were talking about yeah. the joke was on you finally for once. We were talking about. <laughs> Hoffman and Dadanov. I know it's four games and it doesn't make a season, but this yeah. is not the start that you would have wanted for Hoff for Dadanov. It wasn't the preseason you would have wanted for him either. Not that it matters the preseason, but Mike Hoffman was here last year and it wasn't the kind of season you would have wanted for him either. Um, yeah, but what are you expect of him, right? Yeah, I mean, I know, what but do you expect that they're like you know? The so and boulet they're, they're like a, a, a not, is that bad enough? I don't agree with uh, no, uh, with that you, statement. No, I mean, you like what playing, you're seeing on a penalty kill, yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you remember, but in preseason, uh, Marty Sandu was saying we're, we're losing game because of our PK, so he's not he was not that worried about that mm-hmm. 08 record, but now the PK is doing very well. It's what is it, 91.7 percent? I mean. They played Toronto, so Matthews yeah. Garner, uh, Tavares, uh, Morgan Riley. They played Washington. Uh, there's a guy whose name uh, Oveshkin. Yeah, and Pittsburgh. So it's not just a fluke, or I mean, it, it's not a lot of games, but still, it, it's a pretty good record. Dadanov is playing very well. Funny thing is that, according to former teammates, he's one of the best in the league on the PP, but. Marty St. Louis said, well, there's not a spot for you on the power play. So there you go on the PK. And he's playing very well. So I, I don't necessarily agree. He's not the only one mm-hmm. making that PK uh, very good. I mean, David Savard is playing like a stud. Do you remember when Bergevin acquired him uh, four times 3.5? And people yeah. were saying, well, uh, how, mu- how much money is it for a guy who's going to be on your third pairing? But today, who's saying that? He's a... Stud, he's you know, always you know, Mark Andre. You know what I think the problem was when they acquired him? He came off a Stanley Cup win, right? I think in the first well, couple of months, Spassky était fatigué. I think he was tired. Well, probably, and he, I mean, he was on the third pairing uh, in Tampa. Yeah, arriving here, he's on the first. But I mean, he twenty-three block shots. Next one is Harris with nine. That's a lot of block shots. And he's the one with the most minutes so far. Probably Gouli will uh, top that sooner than later. But he's always, like, before practice, the amount of time he's 
spending with Marty St. Louis and with Rabida talking about strategy, talking about ways to play different or, mm -hmm. and the time he's spending with the kids, he earns every penny of his paycheck right now. And he's one of the big reasons why Montreal is playing well right now. Yeah. He's, he's good at it too. You know, blocking shots is an art and he's really good at, and you know, it speaking is. of defensemen, I have to tell you something. Okay. Tell me. He, he doesn't get a lot of fanfare because he does nothing great and he's not flashy. I am love, I'm <laughs> love I'm loving Kovacevic so far. Oh, you're talking yeah, he's he is doing very well right now. I he am is. loving him and he and, and Harris yeah. together, they're good. You know, and a, a buddy of mine, Costa Papulius, actually sent me a text message today and he said, you know, no one's talking about uh Kovacevic. He's he, he and Harris well, are doing great together, and he, he's right. He's the, the type of player that the best thing to say is that you don't see him, right? So he's playing 18 minutes. He's a guy who was picked on waivers, uh, a rookie only. He had, what, four games in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And he's doing, I mean, he is doing very well. He's a second pairing right now. He shouldn't be a second pair guy. But, yeah. I mean, he is, yeah, Harris, it, it allows Harris to skate free and, you know, go to the offense sometimes. So, yeah, he's he's, he's doing great. Nice guy, so, by the way. You, you knew that uh, one of his uh, idol was uh, Pat Lalim? Yeah, I saw that because they showed images the other night on TV. Yeah. Spot of Pat he was Lalim so happy like a kid when he saw him. But, but the, you know, I, I, I heard that he it was, but I with all the like, I don't understand why. Like, so is it was there um, a reason because of the why? Martian, uh, the Bugs Bunny Martian guy on the oh, on is that it? okay? Okay, it all makes yeah, sense. That, that's it. Yeah, oh, so. that, that's 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 pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. Comment sick if you're enjoying the sick podcast, and you can watch us on YouTube, and you can watch us on Twitter, and you can watch us on Facebook. We're live on all three social media channels. There, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. With Mark Andre Perot, who's going to join us pretty much every Wednesday night throughout the entire hockey season on the sick podcast. All right, uh, Bob Hartley told Jean Charles Lajoie a couple of days ago on <laughs> BPM Spar that the Montreal Canadiens are in no man's land. Four games doesn't make a season. They're two and two. That would be an 82 games, uh, 82 point season. That would see them finish, give or take, 20th overall. And that is no man's yeah. land. Are exactly. you are you for getting better in the standings, progressing bit by bit? Or do you agree with Bob and with yours truly, Tony Marinero, that no man's land is not a good place to be? Exactly. No man's land is the place where the Ottawa Senators were always back like 10 years ago. Uh, it's worst case scenario. But again, I mean, you need teams at 20th ranking. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough one because obviously next year's draft is going to be, well, they say it's going to be awesome. The best draft so, in 03, they're saying. Yeah, and I mean, it, you know why it's a tough one because we just spoke about tanking and it, it, it's, it is not a good thing. You don't want to put the young players in a bad situation. Uh, now with the all the injuries, you don't have choice. Right mm -hmm. now, they're doing well. I mean, Gould, like, no, there, there, no rookie is looking awful or bad right now. So, for now, it's good. But I, I said it, 
enjoy the moment right now. Enjoy the win against Toronto. Enjoy the win against Pittsburgh because at one point, I mean, it's it, it's not going to be like that. It, it, the other team will will get better, and I don't know. I I, I think it's going to happen. I don't know when, but hopefully for people like you, yeah, they will lose enough games so they have a top three pick. And what if? The Panthers, you know, who knows? Yeah, speaking of which, uh, I'm glad you brought them up. They because won. The Florida Panthers uh, had a game tonight, and uh, they took on the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Panthers won by a score of 4-3. to three. Uh, Also, the Winnipeg Jets beat the Colorado Avalanche, who got bad news. They're going to be without Gabriel Landeskog for quite a while. They beat them in overtime, and uh, 13 minutes into period number one, the St. Louis Blues are up by a score of 3-1 to one in Seattle. So there you have your NHL scores update right here on the SICK Podcast. Mapper, Marc-André Perrault, merci beaucoup, and we'll talk to you again next week. Enjoy the hockey game tomorrow night, mon chat. Moose hunting for me now. Oh, what do you mean? The, the, the not moose mouse hunting for me. Oh, right mouse hunting for you. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, the next time not I get the in same the, size. The next time I get in the spa, my Trevi spa, you're invited anytime because I saw that you got a little bit jealous that you weren't invited. I don't even have you to invite come. you, my friend. It's an open invitation for you. This is an open house uh, policy here at the Marineros. You're the best. It's Thank you. Be I I, Thanks, I agree friend. with you 100. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, my friend. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much. There you have it. Marc-André Perrault. I love this guy, too. Uh, two guys that I really appreciate uh, as people and as professionals tonight on the SICK Podcast. Uh, head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, André Tourigny, and, of course, Marc-André Perrault of TVA Sport. I think both of them do a really fantastic job. All right. This is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to ask for some messages. I'm going to go back to Agnello and Sammy for a second here. Put them on because they haven't had their their their, their share of, uh, of of camera time tonight. What's going on? We like it when we don't get share of camera time. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's not true. You like the, you like the spotlight. What's a what's shaking and baking here? Do we have any news? Do we have anything going on? Uh, what's what's going on here? I thought the inter- interviews were amazing tonight. The coach was phenomenal, man. Uh, he's phenomenal. He's like an he's, open book. He, you know what? Uh, man, I like people like that. And uh, when, you know, when you're a member of the media and, and you talk to somebody who uh, is not going to hold back and is going to tell you what it is and is not always going to give you those typical cliches and stuff like that, it's, it's very refreshing, man. It really is. Oh, it's amazing. It's, really good. it's very refreshing. By the way, I like those four frames that you have. I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you that, but because they don't take up a lot of room. I'm just looking at them right now. They're very nice. They're smaller. We found that on Amazon. That's why we like them. They're a bit smaller, and they're easier to put together. You do it yourself. So hold on a second. Those jerseys, are, are they at all – those are the actual size of the jerseys? Yeah, the, yeah they're, they're signed, yes. Okay, they're, okay, so yeah, yeah, because it doesn't look like a big frame. So you got those on Amazon, eh? Well, look how much bigger Camilleri is compared to the other one. You see it? I, I see that, and you know what? I look. Some people like the big ones, and then they like to put the, the you know, the the nameplate and stuff like that, and whatever, and maybe put you know a player card in there, and and or you put some writing on the plate and whatever. I I kind of like the small ones. I think they're kind of cool. So yeah, very very nice. I saw something on Instagram on Instagram today. Yeah, you went Christmas shopping. You know that Halloween is not past yet, right? Yes. Yeah, just check. But you know that if you actually wait to go Christmas shopping. 
if you're going to wait quite a bit, by the time you're going to get there, the nicest stuff is already sold out. I don't know about you, but when I go shopping, I go to buy the nice stuff, not the leftover stuff. That's just me. That's the way I roll, but to each his own. What can I tell you? Hey, listen, I like that Alfonso Davies autographed jersey. I turned 50 years old on November 23rd. Our pleasure to give it to you. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. See, it's easy. We're easy, man. We're easy going. That should take care of all the overtimes that I work for free. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, listen, why don't we, can we open up the phone lines or you think we're, uh... I think there's so many comments. We should get through all the comments. Okay. So why don't we do this? We're going to get to all the comments. I want you to put them up one after another. Okay. And if somebody calls us at one 585 sick one 585 If you want to call me, I'll do a little overtime again tonight and I'll get to your call. But without further ado, Yellow and Sammy, put up some comments. All right, here we go. Alexander Moise, thoughts on Drew Wayne playing with Suzuki and Caulfield after that sick pass? Uh, you know what? I'd like to see him get an opportunity to play with those guys because, you know, he does have the IQ and the skill set to play with them. But I also liked Monaghan the other night, and I think he can play with them as well. But I think the Canadians don't have a game-in, game-out, right-winger for that line, and we're going to see pretty much everyone. Who comes out when Edmondson and Matheson come back? Uh, Weidman would be one, you would think. And I don't know about the other, because Cooley's their best defenseman. Harris is their second-best defenseman. And Kovacevic and Savard are playing great. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I really... Don't know. Next. Uh, from Raymond Singh. Singh. Sign. Sold. Tony, if we land two top 15 picks next summer, who outside of Bedard do the Habs take? A forward and a defenseman? I think Florida misses the playoffs. Just a gut feel. Man, that would be amazing for the Canadians if they do because they got some draft picks there. But uh, you know what? Adam Fantilli is a guy who can play center and can play wing. and He's a big man. He's six foot two, And there's a 200-foot game there. So that's one guy. Mave Michkov is a guy that is absolutely electric. We're talking a Kirill Kaprasov type of player who can score goals and, you know, just be a highlight reel by himself. So, you know, there's so many players coming out of next year's draft, but at the same time, I'm not going to pretend to be a draft expert. I mean, I know the usual suspects, but this would probably be a better question for anyone who's got an independent scouting agency and does this for a living like a Grant McCagger. So, so, you know, I, I, Humbly, in all humility here, I'm not going to pretend to be someone who watches every single NHL game, which I do, but not every single NHL game, but who doesn't watch the junior games, but then all of a sudden I try and pass as an expert on junior players. Because if you notice that come draft, there's a lot of people that pretend to do that. And when it comes World Juniors, a lot of people pretend to do that. And they don't go to junior games, but yet the big tournament comes around and all of a sudden they end up being, pretend to be an encyclopedia. That's not me. So I know the usual suspects. But in terms of having more names and more names and more names and breaking down their game, we should talk to somebody that watches the tape and breaks down the tape of all those junior players, and that's not me. So when it's time, we'll get Grant McCagg on or someone else who covers the draft, and we'll do it with them. Adam Ross, Tony, tuning in from Israel at 5.30 a.m. Been listening to you for years. My dad used to let me listen to you when you did post-game radio. You are the GOAT, by far the sickest Habs podcast. Keep it up. Uh, thank you so much. And by the way, I recognize the name, and I know I've talked to you before, 
And, um, you know, we want to have the best Montreal Canadiens podcast and then branch out to being, you know, Montreal sports. We will talk Alouettes every now and then. We're going to talk CF Montreal every now and then. We'll have a real big game when they take on New York City FC on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. in the playoffs at Stad Saputo. And the winner of that game will end up facing the winner of the game between Philadelphia and Cincinnati. And I can tell you that yours truly, I will be in press box row. I'm very much looking forward to going to watch that game. It's going to be a sellout of 19,619. Thank you very much for the message. It's um, it's always been our goal to be the best Montreal Canadiens podcast out there. And if you take a look at the ratings that have come out in the last year, I think from a consistency standpoint, I think we're the ones who are, you know, rated the best uh, pretty much um, very, very often in the top 20, in the top 10. And so we're going to try and be there all the time and make the show better and better with each and every show. And I think if you tuned in a week ago, if you tuned in last week on Tuesday when we had show number one, and then we had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that's four, and then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday tonight, this is show seven. I think it's safe to say that show seven is better and smoother than show one, and hopefully show 14 will be better than seven, and 21 will be better than 14, and 28 will be better than 21, and that's the goal. The same goal that Canadians have for their players and Marty St. Louis wants and Ken Hughes wants, progression, getting better every day. That's what we want to do. More questions. Uh, Ethan Bondi, who do you think will be the MVP of the season for the Montreal Canadiens? Um, I'll go with Suzuki, but, uh, you know, Caulfield's definitely a possibility, and as good as Caden Gooley has been, I think it'll be difficult in his rookie season to be that guy, but it's either going to be Suzuki or Caulfield, I would think, and I'm going to go with Suzuki because you think he'd get more time and more opportunities, and, you know, he's the center, and he'll probably pick up more points because of that. Next. Uh, Petrie Mann, I disagree with Savard playing like a stud. He's playing well. However, he is getting beat wide as he is not agile and quick. Well, he's going to get beat wide, yes, because he's not agile and quick. You just said it. But his positioning is good. He does have a good stick. He does block a lot of shots. He does clear the front of the net, and he jumps up in the attack every now and then. Uh, I said last game that I thought he was good, and somebody gave it to me and said, no, he was not. And I, I think, basically, this player, he's just not going to be unanimous. He just won't be unanimous because he, he kind of looks a little bit uh, husky and kind of looks a little bit sluggish, so I don't think he'll ever be, but I don't have a problem with him personally. Next. Uh, will Caden Gooley be a better defenseman than Ryan McDonough? Uh, this coming in from Terry Bazos. Um, Ryan was traded a couple of times, and it wouldn't surprise me if Caden Gooley is the type of defenseman that plays his entire career with the same team. I don't know if I've answered your question. I probably haven't, but that's my way of looking at it. Next, Tony Black. What do you think of Suzuki as captain so far? I have nothing to say. Um, I know I always knew he could be a good captain, but... I would have rathered the Canadians give it to Edmondson for the first couple of years so that they remove some pressure off of Suzuki. But so far, four games in, it's like he hasn't even felt any of the pressure. Now, having said that, 
they haven't gone through like a really, really bad time yet, or they haven't hit a terrible slump. So let's see when they do, how he reacts. But this guy, he's got ice in his veins. He's unbelievable. My God, I love Nick Suzuki. Next, Mark Bergevin was right when he said Nick Suzuki is going to lead this franchise for many years. This coming in from Pierre. Look, Tony, these are uh, there are good pieces on that roster depth chart. Thinking of Gouley, Caulfield, Suzuki, Harris, Mayu, Beck, Hudson, Kapanen. Don't know much about that kid. Slav, smarts and skills. Agree? Yes, I agree. Not so sure about Kapanen, but I think you got a lot of names there. Next, Ryan Katz. A billet family for an NHL rookie is a bit unusual. The best part, if he gets sent down to Laval, nothing changes. It's a bit unusual, but you know what? In Montreal, a lot of temptations. You become a star even before you score your first goal or pick up your first assist or get your first point. I, I think it's brilliant. Caulfield, by the way, last year was living with a family, and look how much it helped him. Now he's on his own, and he looks to be just a, you know, a, very, a very good professional. Um, Caulfield has really improved this season. Only four games in, but he's a much better player than he was last year. Next, more complete. Uh, from Carly Price, out of the loop, where will Mayu play? London Knights, next. And then Montreal Canadiens is going to be the next step. Get ready. John Laurie, besides Gooley, which defenseman has impressed you? Jordan Harris. Uh, with honorable mention to Kovacevic, by the way. I've liked him too. Next. Alexander Moyes, thoughts on the Flyers' surprising record so far? Fluke or torts effect? Torts effect, no doubt about it. He's um, building a he's building a culture in that team and um, building a playing identity as well. Next, Hussein Shahab. Have you noticed Caulfield's improvements towards being a more complete player? I just talked about it. Yes, a hundred percent. Making smarter plays with and without the puck. I've noticed that a hundred percent. Next. Oliver Daniel, thoughts on Sean Farrell maybe fitting in well on a second line with Slaff and Doc in the future? He's one of the most skilled players the Canadians have in their entire organizational depth chart. There aren't too many players that have more pure talent than him. Whether or not it can all translate at the National Hockey League level remains to be seen, but this kid has some serious tools in his toolbox. Next. Farzine Kara. Uh, what would you be happy with a return for Hoffman? Is there even a market for the guy? There's no market for him right now. Uh, there's no market for him right now. He's a house that you put it on the market. Usually houses sell. It doesn't matter uh, what you're asking for this house. No one is buying this house right now or this Hoffman right now. Uh, why don't we take a um, <clears throat> couple more? Next. Brian Bouvier, who will be the first player traded? Who would be your trade pick? Who will be the first player traded? Um, why don't we go with first player traded? Why don't we go with Armia? Not that he's the worst player on the team and not that he should be the first player traded on the team, but he makes less money than the other usual suspects and he's under contract and the contract is digestible. So why don't we go with him? But I'm not even sure of my answer to tell you the truth. I have no idea. Listen, come trade that line for sure. There's going to be a market for Sean Monahan, Evgeny Dadanov, and Jonathan Drouin, who are all playing in the final year of their contracts. 
And if they trade them at the end of February, early March, the team that's going to pick them up is only going to be on the hook for less than a month and a half of salary. So there's no doubt that teams are going to come after those players, even though a couple of them probably haven't played to their full potential. But that's just the way it goes. On that note, I want to say good night on this Wednesday night. Thank you, everyone, for watching and supporting the SICK Podcast. Uh, you know, a, a real big shout-out to our sponsors. And you know who they are, Lakash. And if the last time you went to Lakash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lakash. I'm telling you, the menu will surprise you. 8.6 beer, intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And uh, energy transport. No, they don't make water, but uh, they gave me this bottle. And, uh, you know, you can feel the energy. And I can tell you that Energy Transportation Group is an asset-based 3PL provider. And they offer outstanding service at incredible rates, serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers a full-service logistics support. I saw the entire operation. I met the entire staff. What a vibrant, dynamic place. One of the fastest-growing companies here in North America. I love these guys. Sean Gerard and Mike Cinquino. And I love all of you. Many of you have been with me since day one. And if you haven't, a lot of you have, uh, uh, you know, come along for the ride somewhere down the line here. And you've stuck with me. And uh, didn't forget that. And I never will. I keep bringing that up. But it's very important for you to know that, you know what? I can be on French radio. I can be on French television. I can do the podcast. I can be doing really, really well. And at no point in time do I ever forget about all the support from our sponsors and you, the listeners. Without either of you, I can't do what I do. And because of that, I love you all. Uh, even those who don't agree with me every now and then, and even those who don't think I'm very intelligent. Pierre looks as when good people get together, good things happen. I believe in this podcast. And so do I. And so does Agnello. And so does Sammy. And so do the sponsors. And so do you. We did it. And we're going to do it even more. And we're going to do it for an extended period of time. Thanks again. Tell your friends about it. That's the greatest gift you can give us. Comment sick on all the message boards. Leave us a five-star review on Google, Spotify, and Apple. Tell all your friends about it. Tell them they have to tune in because this podcast is sick. Have a great night, everyone. And for Nelson, who loves when I say this, Nelson, this is my sign-off. I'm Marinero. Ciao, everyone. Salut. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.